Hello and welcome to Epic Healing Transformations. The purpose of this podcast is to create a safe place to heal, transform, and evolve. Your host, Michelle Manning, is a creator of the Quantum Soul Clearing Process. Each week, we'll be bringing you new and innovative ways to heal and transform every area of your life, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, and financially, so you are free to bring your gifts and talents into the world, to become the best version of who you are designed to be and to help revolutionize the world. This show will inspire you, lift you, connect you, and give you access to the most cutting-edge healing resources anywhere on the planet. This is the Epic Healing Transformations Podcast. Hello and welcome to Epic Healing Transformations. I am Michelle Manning, your host and curator. I've wanted to do a podcast for years now, and I feel like I finally found my true voice. You know, we all have stories. Some stories are positive and move us forward, and others, well, those stories tend to limit us and keep us from reaching our true potential in life. You know, on the surface, I look like I'm just like an average person. I was born into a typical middle-class family and, you know, raised in a typical middle-class sort of neighborhood in a middle-class Utah town. But I was born with multiple intuitive gifts and the ability to help others heal. And those gifts were not just not valued as a child and young adult. They were ridiculed and bullied when I got into junior high school. And that bullying, that, that dis honoring of my gifts created a story. It changed my life. And so I quickly learned that it wasn't safe to be me. I didn't have any mentors growing up. I mean, it was, it was pretty much rural Utah when I was growing up. There weren't even a million people yet in the state of Utah. And by the age of eight, though, I had had a life-changing event when my grandfather died. I believed at the time that I was responsible for his passing, even though I wasn't. I'd been raised in the Mormon church and told that God answered our prayers. And because of my unique gifts, I'd always had a really close relationship with the angelic realm and nature spirits and with God. Much of what I observed and knew to be true, though, didn't really completely jive with what I had been being taught at church. But I just thought that at some point it would all come together and make sense. But the night that my grandfather died, and I remember it as if it had happened just last night. I remember my grandmother pounding on the window in our unfinished edition of the house I grew up in. I was asleep in the room nearest the edition and immediately woke up to hear her terrified screams for my dad to come quickly because something was wrong with my grandpa. I remember looking out the window to see it raining and then my dad rushing down the stairs, pulling on his shirt and buttoning his pants as he ran to help. And on his way down the stairs, I heard him calling to my mom to call an ambulance. And this was before 911. I remember asking my mom if grandpa was going to be okay, and she said she just really didn't know. And so I did what I'd been taught to do, and I knelt there in the middle of my bed and began praying with all the faith and the sincerity that I had, just pleading with God to spare my grandpa's life and make him well. And then a little while later, I heard the ambulance come, and soon afterwards, I saw my dad walk back into the house with tears just streaming down his face, and he sat down on the hearth in the living room and just sobbed because his dad had just passed away. And it was the first time I saw my dad cry, and 
I'm, I was born an empath. And so all of this emotion, all of this grief and all of this terror, not just of my own, but of my family's just hit me and locked into my heart and locked into my body. But also in that moment, something broke within me. Based on my religious teachings, I believed that somehow I wasn't good enough or worthy enough to have my prayers answered. And in that moment, I realized I'd lost my grandfather. But more than that, I lost my God. I lost my church. I lost myself. I lost me. And, you know, I, I just took it on as it was my fault. And I was too ashamed to admit that, uh, that I thought it was my fault. And so I stuffed all that grief and that shame and that sorrow. And I vowed to never use my gifts again. And I remember consciously shutting off all of those gifts completely. Well, the next day, my mom sent me to school and we had show and tell. And my cousin Ricky got to tell first that his uncle had died the night before. And I was up next and said, and Ricky's uncle was my grandfather. And I burst into tears. And I ran back to my desk and put my head down and just sobbed. And some of the boys in the class laughed and called me a crybaby. And I just remember thinking, I deserve this. It's all my fault. Well, I went into a pretty deep depression right around that time because there was just so much unresolved grief. And I think I was also taking on the depression of my family, my dad, my, he, my grandpa was really the glue that held the whole family together. And my grandparents lived next door. So, you know, I was constantly at my grandma's house. And of course she was just in complete grieving and mourning over the love of her life. And a couple of weeks later, there had been a picture that was taken for Christmas cards. And in this picture, <laughs> everybody is smiling. It's my mom and dad and my little sister and my little brother and my youngest brother. I hadn't been born yet. So there was just the five of us. And, and there I was just, you know, attempting to, to smile for the camera. And I have the most sad pitiful attempt at a smile on my face. And you can see in my eyes in that picture, the pain of that loss and just how shattered I felt. I mean, my grandpa was my best friend. He was my mentor. He, he taught me about life and gardening and checkers. And, you know, he just, he was, he was the love of my life. He was the light of my life. What I didn't know then, but what I know now, is that all of that unprocessed grief and the decision to shut down my gifts was also shutting down my life force energy. And I ended up getting really sick in my 20s. I was diagnosed in 1986 with rheumatoid arthritis. It was the perfect storm of circumstances that catapulted me into having to find out how to heal my own body and my life. My first rheumatologist looked me square in the eye and said, Michelle, get your affairs in order because within six months, you're going to be in a wheelchair and in a year, you'll be in a rest home. I was 26 years old. And then he went into a rant about how food had absolutely nothing to do with anything. And people will tell you, and you know, blah, 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 blah. And I remember my first reaction to that was, fuck that. I don't bloody think so. I have two kids to raise and no one to raise them. Sorry, I tend to have a potty mouth occasionally, and especially when, especially when somebody says something like that to me. But 
looking back, it was one of the best things that he could have said to me because it brought out my fighting spirit and it made me realize that he didn't have answers and that I had to figure out something if I was going to live. And sure enough, you know, I followed Western medicine and Western medicine completely failed me. Within six months of my diagnosis, I was almost bedridden and I was in so much pain. Here I was, 26 years old, had two daughters, ages four and seven, and I was in constant excruciating pain from, I, even my hair hurt, it felt like, you know, I mean, from my head to my feet. And it was so bad that I, I kind of dragged my right leg behind me because it just, it didn't work. And at the time, I had absolutely no knowledge or of anything alternative, I, not nutrition, not, not anything. And my family were scientists. I, I come from a very scientific medical background, and I knew nothing about herbs or homeopathic medications, energy medicine, like I said, nutrition, <laughs> and honestly, energy medicine, that term had not even been coined yet. I, I, that was just, I mean, that, was, that wasn't even in vogue yet. But honestly, that was also a hidden gift because it forced me to start finding answers. Now, remember, this was before the internet. So I had absolutely, I mean, I had to really go looking. My, my resource was the University of Utah Library and my local library. We were living in Park City at the time. But what was so fascinating was that as I started to look for answers, the answers started to find me. So, like I said, we were living in Park City at the time, and I had a, this fresh squeezed orange juice business, and I did orange juice and carrot blend, carrot juice, and you know all these different types of fruit and vegetable blends. And it was off season, and I had just delivered this batch to one of the convenience stores in town. And as I was driving home, I remember having one of those pointed conversations that I sometimes have with God, where I was just so angry, and I remember saying out loud. Oh, God, I've done everything I know what to do. I just can't believe that this is what you've intended for me, to live in this kind of pain. You need to freaking point because I don't know what else to do. And I'm just, I'm not getting it. What the hell do I have to do? And I drive, I drive into the driveway, and as I'm walking to the house, the phone starts ringing. And I pick it up, and it's a call that would ultimately change my life. And it was my neighbor that just lived up the hill from me. And she was calling to invite us to a neighborhood barbecue picnic at her home that weekend. And all I could think was, ugh, I really don't want to go. And then that voice that sometimes talks to me inside my head says, yeah, you're going. And I take this big breath, and I agreed. And I said, okay, what can I bring? And she says, it's potluck, just, you know, bring something. Well, long story shorter, uh, we go to this barbecue and we're, we were just kind of shuffled off into the corner with the other not so socially acceptable neighbors. And, you know, I just, I was, I just remember feeling so uncomfortable and I happened to sit between this couple and they were talking about this homeopathic pharmaceutical company. Now, I didn't have a clue what homeopathic meant, but I sure knew what pharmaceutical meant. And so I turned to the woman sitting next to me and I showed her my poor little hands. And, you know, at the time they were just, they were just in these kind of claws, um, but they were about three times the size that they should have been. My fingers were, and they were just pure white. And uh, I was just, I was so sick. And I, 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 said to her, you know, I just, I couldn't help but overhear your conversation. Do you think there's anything that you might be able to do for me? 
and she reached down and gently held my hands and looked at them. And she looked at me with such compassion. And she said, come to my house tomorrow at two. And she gave me her address and phone number. And I, I, I thanked her and went home and then, you know, went up there at the, at the next day at the appointed time. And she sat me down and spent this three hours with me going over and, and completing the most comprehensive intake I have ever had. And she asked me about every illness, every childhood illness I'd ever had, any trauma, any drug use that I'd ever had, I mean, ever had from antibiotics to vitamins to, you know, the foods that I was eating to, uh, you know, any, any anesthesia that I'd ever had. I mean, everything that had ever, ever happened to me. And I'm thinking, what has this got to do with the price of tea in China? And then, and then afterwards, she hooked me up to her body scan machine and she did some point testing on all of my fingers and toes on all of the meridians. So she does this and then she comes up with a couple of homeopathic remedies that she sends home with me in these little envelopes. And I was supposed to take four tablets under my tongue every four hours. And she warned me as I'm leaving. She said, you know, you're, you're on some pretty powerful drugs. And I was taking some fairly high doses of prednisone and I was doing gold injections and super high doses of ibuprofen that were just, uh, I, I can't even imagine what my kidney and li- kidneys and liver were looking like. But, um, and she said, you know, you might have to choose at some point which route you want to take, you know, whether it's going to be natural medicine or allopathic medicine, because sometimes they don't, they don't they don't go together. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, you know, we'll see. So I went home, sat on the couch, and I took the first dose. And the only way to describe what I felt was this life force energy flowing back into my body. And the pain that I was feeling began to subside a little bit. And, and I had more mobility. It's like my fingers kind of got unstuck and unfrozen. And it was like, oh, this is just miraculous. And so for the next couple of days, you know, I would take my homeopathics. I was still taking my medications. And I kept experiencing this ebb and the flow of feeling really good and then feeling like everything just stopped. And so after a few days, I decided to stop taking my medications from the doctor. Now, let me be very, very, very clear with you. I do not recommend this because it can be very dangerous. So please don't do what I did. Don't just stop taking medications, especially if you're taking steroids or, you know, any other thing. You need to wean yourself off and you need to work with a medical professional to do that. Um, But I didn't know better. And and what I didn't know is, especially with steroids, um, you can go into convulsions and you can die. So, so again, just don't do this. But I will say that um, because of that, I had the most horrific headache that I've ever had for about three days. But I do remember waking up on the morning of the fourth day. And, you know, I'm, I'm the person who just, you know, really stretches and moves in the morning. And before I would start to stretch, it was like, oh. And just, you know, freezing because it was so excruciating to move. But on the morning of that fourth day, I could move my body. And it didn't take me an hour of trying to move my limbs and all of my joints. It only took me about three or four or five minutes before I was standing on my feet. The difference was astonishing. Now, 
that was really the beginning of my healing journey. And there's so much more to the story. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell more as we go through uh, the next few podcasts. And, you know, over the course of time, you'll, you'll learn to know all about me. And, but ultimately what I realized, and it's really been confirmed by science since, is that all of the emotions that I didn't know how to process had gotten shoved down into the cells of my body and stuck there, creating pain and changing how my DNA and my genes were expressing. Compounded on top of all of that was my diet and my lifestyle that had created very toxic, very acidic conditions in my body, which changed how my body um, was working. It allowed this huge overgrowth of candida in my body. I was also struggling with a heavy metal overload and on top of it all, I was also in an adrenal crash. So it was really this perfect storm for a profound illness. And it took me a lot of time to unravel and unwind all of the causes of this. But really, you know, the beginning was these stuck, hidden emotions and the stories that I was subconsciously telling myself that were programming me for struggle and failure and illness and lack. Those stuffed emotions created emotional programming that also determined every choice I made and how much financial abundance I was consciously allowing myself and my family. It was those hidden emotional patterns that kept me playing small for years and never daring to be the person that God had really created me to be. So now I want to begin to share with you my healing journey as well as some of the world's most cutting edge, effective healers with some of their healing protocols that can help you overcome your own health issues, your own subconscious programming, and help you to become everything that you're designed to be too. We right now are at this unique point in history of mankind. Never before in recorded history have we had the technologies, the scientific and spiritual technologies that are being developed every single day. There are new scientific and quantum healing discoveries in every branch of science and spirituality that are expanding our awarenesses of ourselves, our world, and our universe. And what we're finding is that science and spirituality are really kind of both sides of the same coin. And, and the technologies that are coming out are really bridging those worlds. But the amount of information that's available to us is expanding exponentially to the point that many of us are on complete information overload. It feels like time has sped up, that change is happening at such a rapid rate, and people are really having trouble keeping up. Additionally, most, if not all, of the systems that we've relied upon to remain constant in our lives are beginning to fail us. You know, our world economies, our banking systems, our school systems, our government systems, and many of our religious systems are really beginning to crumble. We've got natural and man-made disasters that are being reported all over the planet, not to mention, you know, how this all impacts us consciously and subconsciously, plus our own personal daily challenges, you know, the job stressors, the relationship conflicts, deaths, divorces, illnesses, kids, school, you know, whatever it is that's going on in our lives are all compounded by these global energies. It really feels like we're being bombarded from all sides, and, and we really are. As our outside world is changing and often negatively impacting us, our inner selves are also changing and evolving 
as our local, regional, and national events impact us individually and collectively, we find ourselves feeling fearful and overwhelmed, overstressed, and unable to understand or cope with the changes. And, you know, it can, it can feel like, it just feels like insanity sometimes. And I get it. I, you know, I've, I've been in the middle of it. And on the surface, it looks and feels awful. But I actually believe it's a gift. And I can hear you say, right, how is all of this a gift? Because it just, you know, what a cluster. This is just horrific. But what's happening, all of this stuff is bringing to our conscious awareness our deepest fears and our, our largest, our greatest limiting beliefs. And it's bringing it up out of the subconsciousness so that we can begin to heal and begin to create a completely different reality and paradigm for ourselves, our families, and ultimately for our world. But what do you do with all of those feelings? I mean, how do you cope when it feels like you just can't catch a break? And it's like, it's like you just catch your breath and bam, something else hits. You know, there's another something in the news or your house burns down in a fire or, you know, there's a flood or an earthquake or, I mean, whatever it is. How do you turn things around when you feel so overwhelmed, you really don't know what to do next? Well, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about on this show. I'm going to be talking to every person that I interview about their unique dark night of the soul and how they transformed their lives from the worst possible moment to something really extraordinary because we all have a story. You know, right now there's an epidemic of suicide in the U.S. and probably most of the Western world. There was an article recently in the Washington Post that suicide rates rose in all but one states between the years of 1999 and 2016. And these increases were seen across every age, every gender, every race, and every ethnicity. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have been quoted as saying that in more than half of the deaths, the people had no known mental health conditions when they entered their lives. You know, that is so significant to me. And I think to anybody who's looking at this data, because I mean, even the deputy, the CDC's deputy director says that data is incredibly disturbing because this widespread nature of the increase in every state but one really suggests that this is a national problem hitting most communities. It's hitting many places especially hard. In half of the states, the suicide rates among people aged 10 and older increased more than 30%. And statistically, over 23 veterans are killing themselves every single day. To me, this is absolutely unacceptable. Why is this happening is my first question. And then the second question is, how do we stop it? And so one of the purposes of this podcast is to help bring resources to begin to stop this epidemic. I personally know that dark night of the soul when suicide seems like the next most logical thing to do. And it really isn't. And it isn't about the fact, you know, a lot of people it's like, well, you know, why would they kill themselves? And it isn't that you want to die. It's that you want the pain to stop and you don't have the resources to make it stop. 
And it's just that it's so overwhelming. And unless you've been there, you really don't know what it's like. But I want you to know that if you are in pain, emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, or financial pain, pain changes your brain, especially chronic pain of any sort. And I want you to know that you're not alone. I am here for you. I am here with resources to help. And I want you to have unlimited resources to choose from to help you when you're facing your own personal dark night of the soul. You can always reach out to me. Just email me, michelle at epichealingtransformations.com. You know, it's almost impossible to heal by yourself. We all need support. I need support. And I'm in the middle, you know, I, I do this for a living. We all need a safe place to process whatever it is that's inside of us. We need to know that there are others who understand our unique journey and that may have actually walked the same path or a similar one. It helps to know that there's somebody there to just say, I see you. I get you. It sucks. And there are answers. You know, I wouldn't be here if it hadn't been for some amazingly gifted healers, surgeons, doctors, alternative health practitioners, and a whole host of help from the divine and some amazing facilitators. And I want to model for you different ways that you can begin looking at your own challenges just a little bit differently. I think it was Einstein that said so wisely, you cannot solve a problem from the same level of consciousness that created it. So I want to welcome you. Um, I want to welcome you to this new podcast of Epic Healing Transformations. This is really a directory, a resource and a conversation with some of the most cutting edge healers and resources throughout the world. Um, this is a community for all types of answers to your most pressing health, weight loss, relationship, financial, and well-being issues. We're going to talk about some pretty heavy subjects. Um, and we're going to give you some options and some tools to help you in every single session, every single recording of this episode. I'm also going to be talking a lot about my own quantum soul clearing process. I wrote a book called Quantum Soul Clearing, Healing the Scars Life Leaves on the Soul. And it is a spiritual technology that combines science and spiritual technologies together to create a multidimensional body of work that clears energy from every facet of your life. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on my website at quantumsoulclearing.com, Michelle Manning International, and Epic Healing Transformations as well. So just know that we, all of us here at Epic Healing Transformations, are here to support you. We're here to inspire you and give you cutting-edge resources that can help you change your life. Thank you for listening to this first episode. I hope you'll stay with us. And if you've liked this episode, please share it with your friends. Rate it, review it, subscribe to the channel, and let us know how we're doing. Again, you can reach me at michelle at epichealingtransformations.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Take care. Bye-bye. This has been the Epic Healing Transformations Podcast. Thank you for listening. If this episode has inspired or helped in any way, subscribe and then please rate, review it, and share it with all your loved ones. 
We appreciate you listening and hope you've had your own epic healing transformation today. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question you'd like her to answer on the air, let us know. Other listeners will appreciate the information too. Be sure to drop Michelle a line and share your thoughts, feelings, and experiences with her at Michelle at EpicHealingTransformations.com. Ever wonder what I'm doing when I'm not hosting Epic Healing Transformations? I'm a life and business coach, and I help guide professional women to heal the hidden programming and trauma that stands between themselves and bringing their gifts, talents, and brilliance into their real life purpose. For years, I've been working with strong, smart, spiritually connected women who know they have a message and big work in the world, but haven't achieved the financial success, relationship, love, or public acclaim they desire. By releasing the hidden trauma and programming holding them back, I've worked with hundreds of women around the world double their incomes, find true love, and achieve the levels of success and joy they deeply desire and know are possible. Now, while these things may seem to be unrelated, there are hidden patterns and negative programs that tie all of these life threads together. They're part of the unique soul pattern that's you. I mentor and guide women through the intricacies of their unique patterning to help them uncover the true gold within. My intuitive gifts, personal, corporate, and entrepreneurial life and training ultimately equip me to understand exactly what's needed to shatter the glass ceiling holding you hostage to your true life purpose and success. When you work with me, you can expect compassion, safety, humor, and dozens of powerful tools to encourage you on your paths of success. I love guiding you, holding the light and space for you as you step into the fullness of who you are designed by the Creator to be. If you're interested in working with me, just send me an email to michelle at michellemanning.com. I'd love to connect. I can't wait to hear from you. Hello and welcome to Epic Healing Transformations. I'm your host, Michelle Manning-Kogler, and today I am interviewing Amanda Brooks. And Amanda is one of my favorite people. She is just so kind and so gracious and gifted, gifted chiropractor and healer in the UK. So all of you on the continent there, <laughs> you have a source that I am going to share with you, and I'm so excited about this. So Amanda um, ha does several different things besides chiropractic. One of the things that she does that we're going to be talking about and some of her other less um, mainstream work is going to be some of the ancestral clearing that she does and how important it is. So Amanda, I'm going to turn it over to you and welcome. Thank you for being here on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> so before the show, I said, what is it that you do? And there was this deer in the headlights look, which I kind of get because, you know, what we do is so kind of out there in so many ways. There, it, it's almost impossible to encapsulate it in a single sentence, right? <laughs> yeah, and even if you do, people just still like think, what? What? <laughs> what, what did she just say? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so tell me a little bit about this ancestral clearing and why it's so important. Well, what I found over the years as the chiropractor is that people would structurally get back in alignment but then they keep coming back because the pain had returned or something wasn't quite right. And I started to realize that 
emotions, events that have happened in our lives can get caught up in the tissue. And once I started working from that angle with my clients, then their discomfort, their pain all started to dissipate. Mm. Then like anything, you think, well, there's something else that's missing. There's something else that's missing and get talking. And then you start to realize that what their ancestors have been through, even going back 20,000 years before, can be inherited down and be affecting the miasms. And what makes me smile is I've been doing that work for a number of years. <laughs> the scientists are now saying they can prove that what's happened to our grandparents or our great-grandparents, but no further back than that. But then they right. didn't think that it was that to begin with. So it's quite hard sometimes with the clients because you can see them go like, yeah, right. Whatever. But, Until yeah. it's cleared, right? <laughs> and then when it's cleared, they go like, oh my God. Oh, how did you do that? How did you do that? But what I wanted to do is I, I wanted to make it the by clearing the ancestral patterns, by allowing the person to be able to breathe, because in a sense I see it like lots and lots of tendrils all around the energy system so the cells can't function as well as they would like to the, the person can't thrive in the way that they really have the ability to because it's almost like they're shrouded down by these past beliefs um, thoughts events as I say that's even happened in their own life and so I use everything over the 28 years really and plus of clearing finding like the, the the thread that's holding it together and then as you find that thread and you just do like a gentle tweak on it it sort of like just dissolves away mm -hmm. and you can see the person sit up it's like <laughs> literally got larger that's what it is is they're filling their space Mm. And that's what it feels like. You know, it's interesting as you're speaking, um, there were several images that I got while you were speaking. And I loved that analogy of those tendrils mm -hmm. kind of almost suffocating, tying that individual down, and they don't know that they're even tied. And, and you know, when, when I... Years and years ago, you know, when I was so sick because I was I was diagnosed in in 1986 with um, rheumatoid arthritis, and Western medicine failed me, and I I didn't understand why. But it was all of this stuff. It's all of the emotional pieces that my body had no idea how to how to resolve, mm -hmm. and and ultimately, you know, that's that's what prompted the my own quantum soul clearing process and you do something i mean you and i have very similar types of work but we use different technologies or spiritual technologies to get done what we do and mm. so what actually got you into this to begin with because you know i know my own path and i've i've talked about it with you know on my podcast before but what is it that got you into doing this what was what was that definitive moment for you that kind of dark night of the soul that that made you realize oh man i've got something else going on here i think the biggest time was i had a couple of car accidents um i was a passenger both times um so it certainly wasn't my fault right <laughs> um, 
And basically I was hospitalized and I was in a plaster cast um, on traction, injections in the spine. And they said that I was never gonna lead a normal life. Um, I'd always be in pain. I wouldn't have children um, and I'd just have to learn to live with it. Mm. And I was, um, I was 26 and I was like, this can't be, this literally can't be how my life is. Um, and so basically I went to a chiropractor at that point and uh, a friend that I worked with, she lent me the money to go because I was a bit like, oh, don't even know what that is. <laughs> <'Cause>, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it was a while, a while ago. And um, anyway, they, she sort of like helped me. And within six months, I was off painkillers. Mm. Things were really, really improving. And she actually suggested, oh, why don't you train? And I was like, oh. I don't know if I can do that. And she said, well, just come along and I'll mentor you. And she was like, amazing. She would give me extra lessons, everything. Cause you know, I still wasn't a hundred percent. And anyway, what happened is, is that as I started working on people, the natural gifts that I'd shut down when I was about 12 years old, um, just came like whoosh. And it was just like, everyone was getting like extra bits and Bobby, who was my mentor, she said, she would say to clients, she said, she's going to be much better than me because she's just got the gift. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and she still says that now and she's still working and she's in her late 70s. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. How so, extraordinary. And because you have a gift. You have a, you have a gift of seeing, don't you? Yeah. I've um, ever since I was very <laughs> Even when I was in the cot, um, people, mum said they would come, they'd look at me and all of a sudden their aches and pains would disappear and they would just have a sense of peace. Um, and I used to see things. Um, and when I was about 12, I saw my best friend's um, brother get killed. Mm. And then the next day it happened for real. Oh and um, yeah, it was... I thought it was my fault. I should have been able to stop him, but no one believed me anyway. Nope. You know, and then when it did happen, everyone just like looked at me as though I'd got two heads. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's how it was. And so I just I shut myself down so that I couldn't see things like that, couldn't feel things in that way. But I was just fooling myself because I literally could. <laughs> It's so funny how parallel our lives are. Um, I was eight when I shut down my gifts, you know, thinking that I was responsible for my grandfather's death and I should have been able to save him. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, it's, it's so huge. And then I was exactly 26 when I was first diagnosed. And, you know, my, my first rheumatologist looked at me and he said, get your affairs in order because in six months you'll be in a wheelchair and in a year you'll be in a rest home. And it's like, I don't bloody think so. <laughs> and I just, I just remember being so angry. And that was the best thing that he could have said to me because, I mean, looking back, it was the best thing because it was like, F that, I'm not doing No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and the fists came up and it was like, I will find an answer for this and I will go around you. And I did. I ended up firing him six months later. So... Um, but anyway, so it's just, it's interesting to me how those gifts 
you know, we think we can shut them down. And then years later, you know, the first time I put my hands on somebody, it was like all this information is suddenly in my head in this 3D movie. And I, it sounds like you had the exact same experience. Absolutely. And I, I look on, I look on the gift as, as a gift. But like any gift, <laughs> there are times when it can be overwhelming. Yes. <laughs> yes. And people don't always quite get that, you know, so you get invited to parties and I'm thinking, where is it going to be? How's the energy going to be in there? And so that's another reason why I started developing the work so that what I could do is as I went into a place, I could actually just do some healing that it was enough for me to be able to be in there because I don't want to my life completely and not have interactions socially um, but I also didn't want to go around healing the world because that's not also the thing that felt right. Because sometimes I find, and I'm sure you do, is that people can get to the point where they don't they don't respect others' boundaries. They, mm-hmm. they, they take responsibility for everything that's around them. And it's hard enough with the gifts that we've got to not do that yeah. without yeah. actually putting yourself under so much pressure. to do work everywhere that you go but it's very hard isn't it sometimes you're talking to somebody and the pictures come in the images come in the information (laughs) okay thank you i know how to help you i know how to help you i know and they don't care (laughs) (laughs) they don't want they're just not ready to know yet and then you know years pass or months or you know however long and then they're like oh now and yeah and but as a as a a healer you know i i almost hate that word anymore but um you know as, as somebody who is in this field i've really had to learn some clean clear boundaries because people really may or may not be ready for what you have to hear and i think like you you know i have been bullied and rejected and you know ridiculed even sometimes been i mean i've been called out for witchcraft i've been <laughs> which is kind of, i'm like really what what century are we in come on we'll get yeah real that's the best you got okay yeah okay um <laughs> but i mean you've been through but you went through something even professionally recently oh. i mean several years ago that was absolutely devastating in an attempt to shut you down too yeah yeah i mean i got um called to do uh, an interview for um the bbc which you think in the uk is like so supreme you'd, and you'd think my gut was saying don't go but my colleagues in the field were saying oh go because it's really good you're gonna you know get us known out there as, as within kinesiology which we use um very much just mm-hmm. to identify the imbalances um and I went and it was a complete setup um it was horrendous a hatchet job as I call them (laughs) yeah um they were just set out to ridicule everything that I do um and I left there shaking crying I don't know how I got back from London to Oxford at that point I was just a mess um, for, for days, days, my, um, 
my mentor in the kinesiology field, she was treating me and she said, it's not that bad. It's not that bad because I do, don't understand. Because literally <laughs> it was so intense. And then about three years ago, uh, somebody that I was seeing actually said, oh, I found you on the internet. And, and there's I was this old oh, crap well, moment. Whole <laughs> thing. But a lot less because I'd done some work on it. Um, but yeah, and it's almost like there's a fear that we are going to do something that's going to raise the vibration. And, and it's like this being held down. But I always find a way to work around it. Yeah. So how does, so how does some of these fears that we have, because in my own life, I know that there's a thread ancestrally, how does that come down? Because, you know, we were talking earlier about how <laughs> um, science is saying, you know, two, three, maybe four or five generations, but you and I both know that, that those ancestral patterns and that DNA, RNA imprinting goes back way, 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 way further than, you know, four or five yeah. generations. Sometimes it's, you know, 500 or a thousand generations. It's, it's a long time. So how, let's talk about that for just a minute, because this is really, it feels like this is kind of a key thing for a lot of people right now. Yeah, I mean, the way that I look at it is like a drop in the ocean. So anything that happens like in our lives right now, mm -hmm. that gets passed down through to our children mm -hmm. and we will have a way of being and our beliefs and our thoughts will affect the way we interact with that person. And that gets passed down through the generations and generations just on that side. So that's like that pendulum effect. So you get one parent that's really strict. So the next generation, they go that way and it, and it can keep going that so you've got the external ones but what it's feeling like when i'm working with people it's like their genetic blueprint is where the patterns are held mm. so in that genetic blueprint you've got all the events the thoughts the emotions that have never been processed properly in the ancestors lifetime and they're usually big events mm -hmm. so it's not like oh um they saw once someone steal an apple it would be someone ha was severely punished for stealing um, or a life was taken in some way. And it's as if the whole shockwave gets caught in the energetic blueprint for me. Yeah. And it's that shockwave that can be resonating for centuries and centuries. And I think, I don't know if you've noticed, but sound and color are becoming more and more vibrational tools that are being used to help to clear patterns. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's that sound wave that's going on. Um, and I do think that the scientists will start to realize that it goes back further because they used to just say it was the mum and dad. Right. And it is literally in the last sort of like decade that they've started to say, oh, actually, we're finding it's a bit more than that. Right. So I think that it's our behaviors of how we interact with people that we see our parents doing who, you know, mm -hmm. filtered down. Then you've got 
the energetic blueprint of things that have got sort of like all wound in with each other and to me they're like undulating waves that go on and they sometimes interact and sometimes they're avoiding each other and it's that pattern that you can sometimes see in people because you, you see somebody that they look okay and then the next minute it's like they've got like a different face going on mm-hmm. in there yeah. and it's as though it's also all the different generations that are coming coming through mm-hmm. um and that's how it feels to me i'm not saying that is but that's what it feels like i've i've experienced that and it's it's interesting also um you know the the stories get lost over the generations yeah. <clears throat> the you know the the story of something catastrophic often was so shameful that it wasn't talked about. And so those, those energetic impressions get shut down even further because of the shame and the guilt and the, you know, the really low frequency human emotions. And, but, but, and if we could talk about them in that generation and the tools that we have now to unlock those frequencies I think are just so powerful and and we're also and it's like wait a minute and and for me and I think this is with you is this mine or is this someone else's you know is this mine or is this someone in my generations because unconsciously we're running these patterns we're we're holding these frequencies and I honestly believe that we have come in at this time in history because these tools are available and I really believe that we've chosen to come in in these lifetimes to do the work for our lineages to set them free because when I've done and and you can tell me if you've experienced this as well you know when when I do ancestral work and you and I do it somewhat differently but it's you know there's there's similarities it's like the ancestors show up and there's you can feel it as it runs through your body and then there's a completely different sense and a completely different feeling in the physical body when it's resolved. So what's your experience been, Amanda? I mean, how I've, how I feel is it's because when it's ancestral, it's interesting because the person, the pattern is just there. It's so unknowing, but it's like, is acting like a magnet attracting in situations to their lives that resonate with that frequency. And I say to people, it doesn't matter how much you say you want to change that frequency when it's ancestral, you can't do it that way. Right. Because it's not a thought process. It's, it's a feeling process. And then once we get into that feeling and they, they really, they, and it's not the fact that they have to get into the sadness or the, you know, the vulnerability. Right. It's just about recognizing what the pattern is and then starting to release and doing what I call that peacemaking script of making peace along for all hurts and wrongs that have been done to them that they've done to others. And it is, it's like there's this whole easing down and yet up of everything when it's ancestral it just feels like that when it's their lifetime it's like hmm (sighs) there's that feeling isn't there (laughs) yeah yeah, but when there's that ancestralness behind it it it's it's like that that feeling right down to your toes in your fingertips 
some people don't feel any of it but then what they notice over the next few days is people are smiling at them yes they're getting like these opportunities well i've been trying to do that for years and i said well yeah but you can't do that when you've got that other frequency in the background yeah yeah it's it's almost like that frequency wave cancels out the thing they want the most oh yeah and and to me doing the ancestral work well, doing any kind of emotional work is just so important because when you, because ultimately it ends up also being ancestral, at least, you know, for right now. Yeah. Um, what I've found also and is that when you see a pattern in your life, when you, when you keep bumping into, <laughs> you know, whether it's a health problem, a relationship problem, a money problem, whatever it is, there's always, 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 an ancestral component yeah. somewhere in there. And yeah. to me, that has been the most fascinating piece of the healing work that we do. And it was, you know, honestly, when I started this work, I'm going to age myself here, <laughs> 35, 40 years ago, <laughs> a long, 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 long time ago, <laughs> when dinosaurs roamed the earth. <laughs> um, to me, it was just about trying to figure out how to deal with my body. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the, initially I thought it was just about the bullying that I had received as a teenager and, you know, some of the other things that had happened in my life. And then I began to realize it was so much bigger than that, mm-hmm. beyond so much bigger than that. And that was really kind of the tip of the iceberg, but, and I'm not sure how it is in the UK, but in the United States, there's this, there has been this you know, you suck it up, don't talk about it, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and, and just move on. And, you know, I think that comes from, well, and especially in my lineage, you know, from our pioneering forefathers that wouldn't have made it across the plains if they'd had to stop and, you know, process every feeling (laughs) that came along. I mean, it was, it was literal survival and, you know, people's feet were literally freezing off and, you know, I mean, you know, they, they endured some pretty significant hardships. Yeah. But, you know, the, all of those pioneer forefathers of mine all, and mother, for, forefathers and mothers, you know, have roots back in, in on the continent in, old, in the old countries. And those lineages have profound amounts of war and, and you know, feudal backgrounds that that were designed to keep people down and in check and not being who they were and you know all of the deprivations and things that that went with that as well so absolutely and you're right I mean we are the first generation that's had the ability and the tools to deal with this so I actually think that we're really we should honor ourselves in that fact but many people go, oh, why is it me? Why have I got to do with it? And I'm like, just think what the changes are that you can bring in for all that's come before and all that's going to come after, because that is what it is. But there's something that you said there that you go back to the caveman. Mm-hmm. Everything was primitive. It was survive. Everything yes. was survival. And even though we don't have that lifetime now, or that lifestyle to the same degree. If you watch people, they are very much the same. It's survival mm-hmm. of the fittest. Yeah. 
It, that my, thread runs through everything, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not talking about getting rid of that thread because that it isn't about that, but it's, a, it's about that transforming the negative part of that thread and allowing it to tweak out and, and to show literally that beautiful light that every single being has. Mm-hmm. Even because people say, well, not everyone has a light being. I don't see it that way. I see that people have choices, yeah. but their inherent being had that, that, the light and the dark. And most of the time it just gets sort of like covered over that shrouded. So you don't feel light. You have the negative thoughts. You have the negative beliefs. This is never going to get any better. It's never going to change because there is that programming still mm-hmm. that, that in fact, I think it's just more obvious to us now. Yeah. <laughs> it's that head down, just keep moving, just head down, just keep moving. And, and, you know, and, and yeah. it'll, it'll be better after you die. And it's like, oh, there's kind of, I think there's something else. <laughs> I really <laughs> do think there's something else. <laughs> yes. I, I could, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. <laughs> My, Every cell of my being says that we are here to thrive and that these technologies, these spiritual technologies, these physiological technologies that are coming in every single day that are being developed and, and downloaded and, you know, brought forth are just, they're so important because they help us as, you know, these very conscious or, you know, people waking up to the truth of who they are, it allows them to move forward in a completely different way. And, and that's why I'm just, I, I just love the work that you do. I just think it's so important and you are such a gift. I just, I, I wanted to bring you on the show so that, so that you can talk more and people can find you because the work that you do is so valuable in the world. I, I, I find that so admirable and the fact that you are just you know it's like this indomitable indomitable i can't even say the world indomitable spirit i'm not giving up (laughs) (laughs) no no i mean and as i was saying to you before the call you know i've been squashed down many times many times I think I think there's a concerted effort, especially those of us who do have gifts, to keep us playing small and afraid. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's an outside force. Yeah. I, um, and that's some of the work that I do is that, you know, you've been familiar with as well, is the forces that are designed to keep the status quo in place yeah. and and keep people from from really reaching their full potential. And there's, you know, that that's a whole new podcast, but but and yeah. <laughs> um I love though that that the work that you do is so gentle and so fulfilling for people. It really opens them up to whole new opportunities. So yeah. yeah. So what are some of the things that you've seen and then and then I will we can Well, I mean I think not much I haven't seen over there. I know, right? <laughs> I've seen people that sort of like um that their personalities completely changed years ago. They put on loads of weight. Um, they've been all sorts of horrible 
ways of things that have come in yeah. um we've done some energy work some peacemaking along the the family line and it was this one particular person she was a theater nurse and she'd picked the being in the theater it had triggered off a memory where there had been a death in the family line and for whatever reason this person must have just resonated with the frequency of the family um and she sort of like took she was then like a sponge and she was taking on everyone else's energy around her she'd never done it and then suddenly was and so we did some peacemaking and some clearing and it was really quite amazing if she hadn't have sent me a picture of it i would have been like really um this was before phones you see so she actually had to send me a physical picture um, <laughs> and she she lost all the weight within two weeks because it wasn't actually hers i mean it was i've never had anyone else quite like that but wow. it, that was just like whoa how does that happen um and that's then fascinating well, it is, isn't it? And I mean, I work very much with young children who have trouble sleeping or all sorts of different areas and ages and things. And I don't, I never advertise what I do. I mean, I have like started on Facebook. Well, yeah, I did on Facebook just recently for the peacemaking because I thought, well, you know, I am going to have to get myself out there and, and explain um, a bit about it. Um, but it's been the fact that I've got clients all over the world that other clients have just told them because everybody travels nowadays. I mean, right. again, I've never been on an aeroplane until I was in my late twenties, and I was like, what? <laughs> what's yes. this? It was like, but it's different world now, isn't it? Internet, it is everything's world. made such a difference. Well, I just remember being a kid and everybody going, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. And I would try on all these different hats and it was like, no, that's not right. No, that's not right. No. But what we do didn't exist no. when we were kids. I mean, growing up in the, in the sixties and the seventies, none of this existed. And especially in you know, where I grew up, which was small town, Utah, this really <laughs> didn't exist. <laughs> You know, so, <laughs> there wasn't an internet, there wasn't anything like spiritual technologies, there wasn't, you know, a healer, and for heaven's sakes, it wasn't a woman. I mean, come on, let's get for real, because, you know, well, that's a whole story. Um, but but I, I want to go back to something really important that you said. You called it peacemaking. Tell yes. me a little bit more about that, because because it feels like to me, it's, t tell me what, what you mean by peacemaking. So for me, um, it's about making peace for all that's happened before mm. in our lifetimes and our ancestors' lifetimes. Because a lot of the times, the choices that we made were the best that we could, our yeah. ancestors, I'm talking here, with the information they had. It's only hindsight that makes you think, oh, actually, you know, if that maybe wasn't the best move um and, and obviously there's times as well where we do choose to do something which really isn't ethically or morally right but again there's a justification for it yeah. and the justification lays down those waves that's how it feels to me so Ooh, it, I like um, that. say it again the justification, the justification lays down the waves mm. and those waves then have the frequencies so then 
other energies that are not as light mm-hmm. start to get attracted in yeah and they attach into that but when you do the peacemaking or that making the peace along the family line mm-hmm. then what it is it is like you're putting some dose of pure essence pure love mm-hmm. into the soul into that energy field and then it gives that energy field the chance to match that new frequency so it's matching the light it has that choice always that choice does it stay want to stay in that darker space or does it want to actually move forward more into the light and so that's why i i look at it as peacemaking mm-hmm. because when you make peace there's that forgiveness Mm-hmm. And it's not like saying, oh, that's okay. You could do what you like. You know, we'll just forgive you. It isn't about that. It's only when that, that is given from the soul that asking, you know, for the forgiveness along the line for all hurts and wrongs, anything that's been said, anything that's been felt, anything that's been misconstrued because people have only ever done what they felt was right. And when you say it and feel it, which is what I'm, that's my role with the truth Mm. with that integrity then you can see the patterns change but again it's only if the person's ready and willing but let's face it people don't find us do they unless they are willing to change no nobody comes to us until they're ready for major change and usually it's that they've you know smacked their heads against the wall for years or you know really suffered for a long time and and You know, hopefully, uh, you know, maybe maybe the paradigm will change. And and I'm hoping that, you know, as more people recognize that there's something else out there, you know, something that can actually fix or resolve, you know, what's at the core that's causing the PTSD, that's causing the relationship heartache, that's causing the depression, that's causing, you know, sometimes even those suicidal thoughts Mm -hmm. and feelings, those, those are significant. And oftentimes they have their roots in generational patterns that get passed down. And we don't, we don't think of that. We think it's, you know, it's our problem. And, and, you know, I just, I, sh- I should just be a different way. And that judgment, you know, going back to what you said, you know, when, when a pattern gets laid down and we, and there's, um, it seems like that pattern also gets each generation a little more twisted. It's like, it's like once a pattern gets distorted, each generation where there's more of that, um, what's the right word? Um, you know, when it's the, it gets the, that ingrainedness, doesn't it? And it as does. you say, when it's got that twisting, then to match that frequency to release it can yeah. be really hard for mm-hmm. them to. If we could, I often say to clients, if you could mentally change how you're feeling, you wouldn't even need to be seeing me. Right. <laughs> it's not a mental thing. <laughs> it's not a mental, but everybody tries to fix it with here and with here. And very often, if they can just get into how their body feels, which is the most uncomfortable thing, right? you can find that twisted contortion. Right. And I often um, say to people, when I'm working, it's a bit like, you know, a kaleidoscope where mm-hmm. you've got all these pieces, depending on how you twist it, depends on the picture you get. Exactly. 
And so all, if you can work to clear all of those different connotations of that kaleidoscope, the kaleidoscope disappears. Yeah, it does. I tried to smash it a few times to begin with. <laughs> it just created more pieces. It was stunning. <laughs> I know, exactly. right? Who knew? <laughs> I like to be quick, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't going there. <laughs> well, and don't you find it also interesting, Amanda, especially here in the United States, just take a pill and you can quit feeling. Don't feel, don't feel, don't feel, don't feel, don't feel, don't feel. Whatever you do, don't feel, you know, eat eat it, st- stuff your feelings through eating, drinking, drugs, you know, prescription drugs, don't, don't feel your feelings. And to me, I mean, years and years ago, years and years ago, um, I remember going to see somebody because I was really struggling with depression. And I, you know, the psychologist said, well, you know, here, let me try some prescriptions. And I thought, okay, the horror of that for me was, mm-hmm. I felt dead. There was, it was being completely and utterly flatlined. And it was like, I I can't do this. To me, that felt so smothering that I would rather have felt crazy than nothing. Mm -hmm. And, and looking back, it was also an opportunity to really get in touch with those ancestral patterns, but I didn't have the technologies back then. This was way before I had, you know, the technologies to, to do this. And so my sense is that the work that we do with feelings allows the humanity of it. It allows the rightness because our feelings really are that language of spirit. Our feelings are a gift to us to tell us if we're on track or off track, what, if something doesn't feel right, it isn't right and and there's a way through it Mm. and it's not that you're bad it's not that you're wrong it's it's not that it's our feelings are a guidepost Mm. of our greater selves at least this is the way that i see it this is michelle's unique point of view but it our feelings are a way for spirit to tell us if we're on track or not and if we you know if if we feel wrong about a situation if if we're being you know, diminished in some way, our feelings are telling us that for a reason. And why, you know, is it the, is there an issue with the relationship? Is there, are we doing something that is out of integrity? Or is it something that's being broadcast or forced on us that's creating a diminishing of our spirit in some way and and the essence of who we are? And if that's the case, there's, you know, there, there are different things that can be done. But if there's discomfort, I want people to know, that there are, are people out there that can help with these feelings and, and to help resolve them so that mm-hmm. you're more, like you said, it, you're more at peace. There's that inner essence of peacefulness and rightness and wholeness. Mm. I think it's also important um, for us to mention is that, you know, when people are on medication, it doesn't mean that we can't do this work. Right. Because sometimes we need to do this work to get them into a space where they can, with supervision, come Mm -hmm. off of the medication. Right. Because sometimes people have been on it like for 20, 30 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But as you say, they've been so numb, but everything's still there. It's still working there. And that clearing of the patterns allows people to start taking charge of their own lives. Because... We've yeah. not been encouraged to be in charge of our own lives. You're given the idea 
that that's what you're meant to do <laughs> and then you get out from school but let's face it yeah. you're given the idea that you magic you go to school and you're told how to act mm-hmm. but you're told to believe that you know you're an individual but each time each layer is like no you've got to behave this way you've got to behave that way yeah. and this i think it's all that all that pressure all yeah. that you need to fit into a box well Humans really don't fit into boxes. And I think, and again, Michelle's unique point of view, um, I think sometimes those those strictures of education have created more issues. And there's nothing wrong with education. I think education is important. It's the way that it's done in -hmm. many ways that has been destructive. And... Mm. Yeah, but it, that's again whole nother podcast. <laughs> whole nother podcast. <laughs> so, what is? How do people get a hold of you? And is there a name for this type of work besides peacekeeping? Uh, no, I mean that's just what I call it. Is is yeah. the peacemaking? I mean, my website. I've I've got peace within um, because to me that that's that's what it is that I'm aiming to always be um because very often people as I'll say as I've released something you know how you feel and they'll say I feel neutral I said yes yes <laughs> and they go, why is that good I said because neutral means that you just there's nothingness at that point and it means that you can just rest mm-hmm. you can be and then with that comes the peace yes um so yeah so as I say I tend to call it that. I don't know what to call myself anymore. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, it's like, yeah. you know, what am I? I? I do whatever it is that the body needs in order to gain that balance. Yeah. So I bring in like all the different skills. But the piece within, um, I was saying that I do like a free call once a month just to help mm. to support people. And that's always on the first Thursday of a month. But the call itself is up for the whole of the month. Usually I keep it up for two. And I awesome. keep the energy um, vibrant for that two months so that anyone can listen to it. And it's really good because life is so tough out there. And as we know, there's yes. so many people that can't afford to do yeah. therapy. Uh, you know, they can't afford to get the help. So that's the reason that I actually um, did the free call was because I couldn't be everywhere. I could, if I did them as one-to-one sessions, I'd, you know, it'd be way too much. And so this was my way of giving back. I love that. I absolutely love that. So what, how can people get a hold of you? What is your website? So it's um, www. I remember someone laughing about that years ago when I said that. <laughs> online. Peace within. Peace within dot online. Oh, dot online. I like that. Yeah, because everything that I do is online with it. Um, And so it was just, again, it was that play on words, right? This is what I do. And if you go onto that website and you just sign up, then once a month you get the next call invitation. It's up to you whether you go on it or not. And then if people want to work deeper in on it, what some people start asking is, oh, can we work further in on it? So I do the following three Thursdays mm. of an hour, but each call is only an hour. Um, the reason being is because what I'm doing is so intense, 
they're like oh first of all you say can I have more can I have more so I do an extra five or ten minutes and they were like oh next day I just <laughs> what we found is that I tend to I tend to speak throughout bits and pieces of it, but mostly it's clearings from the first couple of minutes in to the very very end of it. Wow, um, that is I, intense. Yeah, it is intense. And when I'm doing the peacemaking, I'm quiet. Most of the time, you you don't hear anything because where I'm going to is along everyone who's on the call. I'm wow. going along to all of their different frequencies, the different patterns, and clearing it for everyone that's there and everyone that I know is going to be energetically coming on that call for the next couple of months. Mm. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Okay. I will put the link also in our show notes so that you can connect with Amanda. And um, I really encourage you all to, to connect with her, find out a little bit more about what she does. And um, thank you for being here today. I really, really appreciate you. I'm just, I'm so excited to share you with the world. I, I love, love, love what you do. And you've just got such a generous spirit and generous heart and just such kindness. You really are a model for the work that you do, Amanda. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I feel the same about you, actually. So. <laughs> thank you. A little love fest here. <laughs> All righty. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for listening. If this episode has touched your heart, please rate and review it and then share it with all your loved ones. Reach out to Michelle and share your thoughts, feelings, and experiences at Michelle at EpicHealingTransformations.com.